Welcome back to the California Curio Collecting Patriots podcast. My name is Sean. I know, it's been a while. Both Jake and myself will soon be recording new content for this podcast in the coming weeks. The format is also going to be changing. This podcast will be focusing on firearm law, as well as curio and relic firearms as it pertains to the state of California. General firearm discussion, while still applicable, will not be as often. If you are listening to this podcast hoping for general firearm discussion, don't worry. There is a plan for the future to have a new separate podcast dealing with general firearm discussion as it pertains to the state of California. Newly recorded episodes will be releasing soon. Until then, please feel free to look up the California Curio Collecting Patriots podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We can be found on Podbean, Podchaser, Samsung, Listen Notes, Player FM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Audible, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Google Podcast, as well as the big two, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until then, please feel free to listen to this previously unreleased episode, originally recorded August 8th, 2022. Welcome to the California Curio Collecting Patriots podcast. My name is Sean, and joining me today is my co-host, My name is Jake. So, Jake, gun laws. There are two kinds. There's what the liberal Democrats are saying. This is what we're going to enforce. This is what we're going to ram down your throat. And they're going to work because we say they're going to work. And, of course, they're going to work unless they don't work, in which case that's just proof you have to go further. On the flip side of the coin, as far as gun laws go, there's what would be actual, real common sense gun laws, not just knee-jerk reaction to every time someone pulls a gun and kills someone. So I thought today we can discuss both sides of that coin. We can look at what the liberals are pushing, which one of the things they just forced through the House was H.R. 1808, the new assault weapons ban. And then we can also look and say, hey, you know, here's what could actually feasibly work. Well, if you really want to crack open this one, I guess I'm I guess I'm gonna have to play along. Normally I avoid this type of discussion. But uh this is one that we were gonna have to tear into eventually, I guess. There's you know, there there there's what one side of the aisle wants, there's what one side the other side of the aisle wants. And then there's the rare select few that don't want anything to change whatsoever that have this belief that Well, guns are just guns. Leave them the hell alone. It's a weird coin to describe because it has multiple sides. We're not just dealing with two sides. Nothing in this country is going to be as black and white as what the government wants it to be. They want to ban assault weapons. Yet they can't legally define an assault weapon, so what are they going to do? Ban everything. We're edging toward a future. If we follow the great democratic hope of socialism, we're looking at Blade Runner at best. Where you have the scum class living down on the streets, and then all the higher up and elites have their own security and say, you don't need guns. Why? Because it threatens their lives and their money. You know, the, the coin isn't, it's not a coin. It's a damn tetrahedron. Okay. 
I'm not one to start casting dyes or throwing rocks at, at glass houses here. But let's let's realize something. What the Demo- the liberal Democrats want is to eliminate all guns because they think everyone's a nice person. Not everyone's a nice person. Okay, they have this ridiculous belief that everyone is going to be told to turn in their guns and they're going to happily do so. Well, I know several people who won't. But then you have what you're saying is the other side of the coin where they don't want you to touch gun laws at all. Well, those guys exist too. They believe that gun laws should not be infringed upon at any point because that's what, that's the Second Amendment. It's number two. That's how important it is. It's not number three. It's not number five. It's number two. Now, there's an argument to be had for both sides. You and me both believe there is common sense gun control that can be had. Unfortunately, it's not anywhere in the realm of reality for a Democrat. They would like to have all guns be single shot, you know, (laughs) the best way to put it is blanks. They want to arm you with single shot guns that only fire blanks. Then they're happy. They want to take away everything they possibly can so that they don't have to have a resistance rise up against them because they want complete control and power. They want to dictate and rule every facet of your life. They want to tax you until you can't be taxed anymore. And then you're either broken down into the complete slums where you're begging the government for money, which they love that. They love it when you come beg them for money because they think it keeps them in office. We're fighting for you, but we're going to make sure you can't climb out of that hole. Or you go the complete opposite end where somehow you end up being rich and you can afford to pay them off and tell them to kiss ass. It's a sad situation we find ourselves in and coming to. Now, everything that the far left has proposed as common sense gun law is not common sense gun law at all. They wouldn't have, they can't define what an assault weapon is. How is it common sense? Where's the common sense in it? You know, now they want to come in here and tell us, oh, we want to take away all your, all your assault weapons. Under their definition of an assault weapon, all you're going to be left with is bolt action and lever action rifles. That's it. Maybe single shot pistols. If you're lucky. Because that's the way they described an assault weapon. I don't know a single representative for any country that actually knows the definition of an assault weapon. I don't know a single one, a single representative who understands what that common sense gun bill looks like. It's like they're voting for it to get the clout so they can go, yeah, I did good. I voted for you guys wanted that, right? Why? Because some little prick went and did a shooting. Oh, Well, how many lives have to be laid down before you give up your guns? I love that one. That is my favorite argument they they toss out there. And you know what? I'm going to ask them. How many abortions are you going to have before you can learn to close your legs? I don't see anywhere in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that gives you the right to an abortion. But yet, number two is the right to bear arms. And yeah, I'm going to make that comparison. Why? Because our governor made that comparison. And it's about time the Republicans stand the f*** up and fight fire with fire. This sitting on your thumbs thing and trying to be a good boy so you can be reelected and make the big monies is making me f***ing sick. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Every single one of these topics that we talk about can stem up to a more corrupt version of the government. Everything comes down from just Democrats being completely ridiculous and believing they can create some sort of utopia. It is insane. 
because the Democrats want they want these ridiculous red flag laws to where if someone sees you with a gun, they can call the cops and say you're going to do a shooting, and then you get your guns taken away. They want these ridiculous background checks that you and me had to go through to get our FFLs. They want that for the average person. That's almost military level background check. I mean, before we continue on, when it comes to the background checks, and I want to reiterate this again, since I'm pretty sure we touched on it in the first episode. To get our 03 FFL, we had to do an extensive background check through the ATF. To get our COE, we had to do an extensive background check through the California Department of Justice. To then use both of those documents to go buy an old gun and walk out of the store with it the same day, we still got to go and do another background check, the same one we would if we were buying an AR-15 or a modern handgun before we can leave with that gun. So three background checks. Because the first one's going to come back with nothing, right? Maybe the second one will get the big bad Republicans. No? Maybe the third will finally produce them for what they are. Gun-toting Americans. Because heaven forbid we have those. It's not like we fended off the British with them. It's not like we fought a civil war with them. And you know what? World War II had a front in Alaska. Alaska was invaded during World War II. And do you know what happened? The Americans that lived in Alaska put up a fight that was so amazing that the enemy that had invaded froze to death. They starved and froze to death if they weren't shot or butchered with an axe. You never hear about that. All you hear about is the Nazis or the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor. But back to the topic at hand, the background checks are they're absurd. The ones they want are absolutely absurd because the first one isn't good enough for them. They want two more. Like it's going to come back with any difference. What's going to happen is one of those three, now you have a one in three chance of getting a false negative, which means much like COVID, you can get a, you can get a false negative, meaning one of those background checks and say, hey, we think he might be a criminal, but we're not quite sure. Absolutely absurd. The assault weapons ban is still undefined. They just put a bunch of nonsense words on paper because, well, half of them wouldn't know what an assault weapon is unless they, they you know, they could be showed one and they're going to say, hey, that's an AR-15. And, and they're just going to go with it. Because they don't know what an AR-15 actually is. They think it stands for Assault Rifle 15. The magazine restrictions. Oh, have mercy. Now, a lot of you guys may not understand this. I personally couldn't care less about the magazine restrictions. I know everyone's going, oh, but my rights and the gun comes with... If the gun comes with it, I believe you should have it, yes. I think the magazine restrictions are ridiculous, yes. But in actual reality, how many, how, many, how many times do you need more than 10 rounds per attacker? How bad is your shot to where you need to shoot one person 10 times? Oh, you may have multiple attackers. You got 10 attackers? I can pull out my SKS today. And 10 people were trying to come through my door. They'd each get one. And you know what? I'm pretty sure after three, they'd run away. Because at that point, they're going to realize this guy's not only armed, he's good. And they're going to leave. <laughs> they're not going to come back with their little glocks and try to do a shootout. Why? Because they want to come in and steal your shit. They don't want to end your life. They carry a firearm to protect their own from people like us. And once you stand your ground, they usually leave because they don't want the fight. I know some of you are saying, well, that's a pretty liberal way of looking at things. 
I guess it could be. But I've never seen someone stupid enough to try to come through a doorway after three other people have been shot. They normally go, we should probably think of another way in. This guy's got this one covered. But again, magazine restrictions, yeah, they're wrong. Waiting periods. Now, I can understand waiting periods to a degree. If you already own a firearm, why are you going to be made to wait? If you were going to go do a murder and you already own a firearm, wouldn't you use the one you already own? I mean, unless you're really devoted to using that new firearm and going out in style. Like, I want to wear these shoes when I go do my murder. The majority of people buying guns today are already gun owners. If you already own a gun, why are you going to wait? Get a Type 3 FFL like we have, and you won't have to for certain makes and models. Now, Sean, I think I've chewed up a lot of what they're spitting at us. I've thrown my own swing on things. So with these things, the red flag laws, the background checks, the assault weapons bans, the magazine restrictions, and these ridiculous waiting periods that solve nothing, Sean, what do you think would actually work in this crazy world we're living in today? So, personally, I think red flag laws have a place. Uh, the most recent school shooting, there are a lot of signs that if a red flag law existed, that shooting probably would not have happened. However, and I have the text of the law open, and I've read through it in California. I can't speak for any other state that has a red flag law currently. I can't speak for anything that uh, the House will push through. I can't speak for any of that. I'm speaking only for California. There's no consequence. If you make a false report, I know Jake stated that, you know, they're not going to follow up on every report. Well, if you make a convincing enough report, and I have seen reports where they, there have been people who, yeah, they've been hit by a red flag law for no reason other than just piss someone off or, you know, kind of like how they have swatting. Nowhere in the text of the law does it state any consequence if you make a false report. And in California, and I've read from literally what the Attorney General has stated publicly, that he wants every Californian, if, and this is his words, as stated on the DOJ website, that every Californian, if you have even the slightest inkling that someone might go and do something, turn them in. There have been funds allocated in the millions of dollars to counties and to cities by the California government to hire people for the onslaught of red flag laws. And again, provided that it's a real threat, I have no problem with that. But there should be something in there that says, hey, by the way, if you make this report and you make it believable that we go and we do all this, and it turns out that, you know, no, you just did it because, you know, they got a promotion that you felt you should have gotten. And you know, oh, hey, he has guns, so I'm just going to go and make these comments and make it believable. Well, no, you should face jail time if you do that and make a false report. 
You should face jail time. You should have to pay their legal fees. And that should be the punishment if you make a false red flag report. But they won't because now, now they're working for the Democrats as the snitches. And that what does that do? That gets guns off the streets in their minds. Yeah, exactly. Because what's to say a false red flag gives you your guns back? What kind of red tape are you now facing to get your guns back? Uh, you're facing a lot. There, uh, One report I read stated that it took the person a year to get back their CCW firearm that they had on them when they were arrested under a red flag law to say nothing about the rest of their firearms, which they still have not gone after a year. And why? Because this feeds into the disarming of American citizens to make it easier for them to take over. Now, we've mentioned background checks, and from what I've seen, the one thing that it seems every, at the very least, a lot of pro-2A people hate is background checks. Well, well, we, we sort of like background checks to a degree. As long as they're at a single layer adequate background check, that's fine. Now, the problem when it comes to background checks is they don't always work. Um, there was the shooter, the uh, church shooter in Texas, took an AR-15, shot up a church, killed 26 people. I think it was 26 people, including one pregnant woman before fleeing after being engaged by two NRA firearm instructors who also had their AR-15s. Now, he bought that gun, quote-unquote, legally. But there was one issue. He had been dishonorably discharged by the United States Air Force. Now, Jake, you're a former military. If you get dishonorably discharged from the military, are you still allowed to buy a gun? Negative, negative, negative. No. If you are dishonorably discharged, you are not allowed to purchase a legal firearm. You're lucky to even get a job at McDonald's at that point. I have friends who were... Dispatched from the military under general circumstances. Even they have a hard time purchasing firearms. They were discharged from the armed services for taking a prescription medication at a bar. Now, it was prescribed to them, but they were openly taking this medication and caused a huge investigation. They were already on thin ice because they're just those types of guys. They suffered a general discharge. One of them stayed back in Japan. The other one came to the United States and cannot purchase a firearm because every time he does, they give him a hard time over. He had a general discharge, which in other words means other than honorable. When it comes to the military, you have an honorable discharge, an other than honorable discharge, and a dishonorable. Dishonorable meaning you did some despicable that even the military had to say, well, now we got to draw a line. Now, I happen to know someone who received one of the dishonorable discharges that I've mentioned. That individual cannot get a job. Every background check he goes through, it comes up dishonorable discharge from the United States Navy. And they legally can't ask him why. He can't even defend himself. They just got to go, nope, get rid of him. If he couldn't cut it for the military, to where he got kicked out of the military, nobody wants him around. Now, I happen to know for a fact that if you go into a gun store here in California and you try to purchase a firearm, there is a questionnaire that asks you, it is your background check. Did you serve in the military? Yes or no? Did you? Get anything other than an honorable discharge. 
Nine times out of ten, that's the question. Did you receive anything other than honorable discharge? Or were you an honorable discharge or other than honorable discharge? It can be worded either way. Depends on the store. And sure enough, a lot of people go, well, other than honorable. And then that pops up on their background check. And it tells them, sorry, you can't get a firearm. Because at that point, you're no better than a convicted felon who's already done their time. Who they also cannot purchase a firearm. Yes. So that's the main issue when it comes to these background checks is, you know, refer them to an extent, but at the same time, they need to work. The three background checks are overkill because they're three half background checks which means well like i said earlier one of the three stands a good chance of coming back negative and what happens it's a false negative it prevented this criminal from having a gun today but two of the three said i was clean doesn't matter all it takes is the one to say no according to the democrats exactly and you have to also understand the listeners the background check for the o3 ffl that's one that in an, another state allows you to have guns shipped to your house, not to a gun store, to your house. That's right. As long as you keep accurate documentation of the firearms you have collected, no one can say boo. Exactly. So another issue that I, I, I think that we should be able to implement something wise would be a mandatory firearm training. I agree. So tell me, Sean, where, where do you stand on the mandatory firearm training? So in my opinion, and can agree or disagree, it should be taught in school. Ah, that's where I disagree. Okay. That is the government's reach. Personally, I think the government's overreaching with the sex ed nonsense, teaching elementary school kids about transgenderism and it's kind of stupid and pointless. I don't know what elementary school kids are getting hard ons and having fun, but you know, when I was in elementary school, my biggest concern was PlayStation. Not going to lie. I, I don't I don't understand where the school level they should be teaching this. Now, if you're gonna start saying things like that, that's that reminds me of an old, very old school way Britain used to operate. Where they did teach young men how to shoot. It was part of being a man and going to finishing school. They taught you how to hunt and survive on your own. You know, in a gentlemanly tea sipping fashion. But, of course. A lot of tweed, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Those are different times, though. They don't do that today, obviously. Most British kids don't even know what a real gun looks like. Now, I personally feel it should not be included in schools because school is a very limited amount of time, and the Democrats have already ruined it with their social studies. Okay? They need to be teaching proper government and economics. They need to be teaching home ec. They need to be teaching actual trades as an option. Somehow, school has become an indoctrination process for colleges. Every teacher I had in high school goes, they asked me, what college did you apply to? I said, I didn't apply to any of them because I'm not going to waste my time or money. Because why am I going to go to the same college 900,000 other people have gone to to get a degree in baloney. That means nothing. It holds no weight. All it means is that I paid a college to waste my time for X amount of years. Unless I plan on being a teacher, then it's just a, then it's just a, a circle of nonsense. Now you're teaching other kids to become teachers. To teach things that are irrelevant. There was not a single college degree that I sat there and went, hey, the world needs more of that. 
I grew up in a very small town in a desert. So many kids left my high school to go on to college. Most of them went to go become psychologists. How many of those are you going to need? How many whale biologists are you going to tolerate before the before it's redundant that kids are going to do these things? You know, now, now you got this market where these little I went to college and I spent four years and all this money and I'm in so much debt. Wah, wah, wah. My degree doesn't mean I'm still bagging groceries. No. All it said is that you went and learned the basics of arithmetic literature, and science. I had no desire to learn a math level higher than geometry. Yet, if I were to apply myself to a college, I would have to apply myself to a higher math level than geometry. Have I ever needed it? No. Have I worked in industries that use math daily? Yes. Have I used geometry in my daily life? Yes, I have. Did I ever need trigonometry? No. Did I ever need a higher form of English education? No. I know how to spell. I know how to talk. I know what an adjective is. What more do you need? How many more years? I mean, you know, there are jobs that, yes, require you to have immense higher levels of knowledge. But to be a food health inspector, you have to have an associate. You can't tell when food's within a certain temperature unless you go to college for two years? What kind of is that? Why would I waste all that time and all that money to be one of those crybaby kids going, oh, I paid so much for my school and it means nothing. Help me, Democrats. Take away my student loans because I'm stupid. And that dumb little kid thought, hey, why don't I go for a job that's not going anywhere anytime soon? Why don't I learn, I don't know, for instance, the automotive trade? Do you think cars are going anywhere? Why didn't they learn how to weld? Why didn't they learn how to fabricate? Why didn't they learn automotive repair? Learn how to paint? Learn how to bond? Learn how to replace body panels? Why didn't they learn how to be an electrician? Why didn't they learn how to take up a trade like construction? Why couldn't they learn a trade that would guarantee them work? Because... The school tells them it's below them because they have to go to college. They all have to go there and waste their money to pay other liberal Democrats to try to indoctrinate them into socialism. I've yet to meet a single college professor that did not push a socialist agenda. That's why I didn't personally go to college. Now, to say that you want to do firearm training in schools... These dipshits wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders because it was the cool thing to do. Would you trust them with a gun? Provided that they learned early enough. See, and there's where you have the problem. Now the liberal Democrats are going to lose their minds because these kids are going to learn, I don't even know what gender I am, and now i got to learn how to clean a gun? It's, It's absurd. I personally wouldn't trust anyone under the age of 25 with a gun. Now, I understand that a lot of people are against raising the age limit for firearms. Well, you know what? I'm kind of for it. When you got these people who act like children because their parents baby them, 25 years old and living with mommy and daddy and have never had a job, never put themselves through any form of extra education, And they want to sit there and complain that the government's corrupt and everyone's out against them. I wouldn't trust that kid with a gun. He's got too much free time on his hands. Now, in California, we have this fantastic system where you have to earn a gun safety card. By passing a 30-question test, 
about gun safety. And when you go to buy the gun, they hand you the gun and you say, okay, let me teach you how to work this firearm. And they tell you, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this. So you do this, 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 and this. And they go, okay, you're good to go. Then they expect you to remember those steps. You get home. You put your gun away. You pull it out the next day. Do you remember how to go through those steps? Do you remember what that guy behind that gun counter told you? Because most people don't. They couldn't tell you the topic of what he was talking about. And what I mean by that is how to make sure your weapon is clear before you start handling it. To make sure your gun is unloaded. How do you properly check? You know, they'll walk you through how to open things up and you can sit there and search through it. and You know, you can make sure that your gun's not loaded and go, okay, it's safe to handle. Okay? Most people will not be able to tell you how to do that because they won't remember. Unless they're extremely proficient with a firearm already. I remember the first time I was being taught how to clear a weapon. I was in the Navy. I'd been firing firearms my whole life up to that point. And this is the first time I've ever been told how to make sure the weapon is empty. Now, it's not a dig at my upbringing by any means. That's just the way things were back then. You knew your gun was empty because you left it empty. If you weren't sure, you could always look. But it was never a proper procedure on how to do so. So tell me, are you going to trust that 18-year-old? We can't even trust Alec Baldwin with a revolver. What makes you think we can trust an 18-year-old in a school or even younger with a firearm? Now, yes, I do agree they should learn. But it should be the parents teaching them. Because the last thing I want is the federal government stepping in going, hey, we'll teach your kid how to handle a gun. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that as far as I could throw it. And you can't throw a figurative speech. Uh, then I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one. And you know what? That's the beauty of this podcast. There are times we will disagree. I personally believe that when you're young, you should be given a BB gun and taught how to use it properly. But it shouldn't be tied to any form of school. That's the parent's responsibility to do so. And a parent failing to do so has failed their child. I think we both agree on that, right? Yeah. Of course, the question then becomes this. Now... If hell freezes over and uh, you ever have kids one day or I ever have kids one day, we would teach them proper gun safety. We would start them. Here's a BB gun. Here's a 22. Here's you know, whatever. And, they, and we would drill into their heads gun safety. Now, for me growing up, I know, Jake, you were... You know, you know, shot guns at a young age. You were taught how to shoot at a young age. I wasn't. See, at a young age, I was taught to respect firearms. And that's the key. I wasn't taught how to shoot. I was allowed to shoot them so they could scare the shit out of me and teach me how to respect them. That way, I never did point a firearm at anyone at any point in time, whether loaded or not loaded. Now. I'm going to use my friend, for instance, lifelong friend. think I've known him longer than I've probably known anyone else on this earth. Friendship-wise, anyway. Now, this individual has twin boys. And I'm not afraid about talking about him because I know he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. He has twin sons. Okay. I watched as these little boys slowly grew up 
and he's raised them to be good gentlemen. Okay. They're rambunctious kids. And it was either last year or the year before. They're about, you know, nine, ten years old. He gets them Daisy BB guns. And he teaches them, takes them out shooting. Says, all right, I'm going to teach you boys how to use these things. And then you're going to see your dad use a real firearm. And you're going to practice with these. And you know what? Those kids go out. They put on their little, you know, they, they put on all their little gear. They go out there and they make sure there's no one near where they're shooting. That they're shooting up against a a, a a good distance of a you know away from a wall to make sure nothing ricochets and comes back at them, and they go out there and shoot their little targets with them. And I've seen these kids with more discipline than I was ever taught with a gun. But I was taught to respect a firearm. You don't grab it unless you absolutely need it. Because anyone can point a gun at someone and pull the trigger. That's not hard. But knowing when to is the hard part. And that's what I was taught. I'm watching him raise his young boys. And they have more trigger control than anyone I've seen in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they already proved they're better than Alec Baldwin. I mean, that's a pretty low bar. And they're not even teenagers yet. That's the best part about it. That's why I firmly believe it should be in the parents' hands. The parents need to take responsibility and go, hey, whether they believe in guns or not, they need to take their kid to a gun range and supervise them using a firearm so they can understand what one is. Because these little these little kids today play around with Xbox and PlayStation, and they're on there playing Call of Duty, calling each other the N-word constantly. I mean, log on, you'll hear it all day. You know, I did your mom. Huh? Well, it's probably my generation, actually. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you get on there, you know, you, we grew up playing GoldenEye and Halo. Okay? Yeah, it was fun. We imitated that game outside of the game itself when we were playing outside. You go get sticks, you make Lego guns, you do whatever you can to make a firearm if you don't already have a fake one. And yeah, we pointed these fake guns at each other all day long because we knew they couldn't shoot anything. But the minute we had a BB gun, unless someone really pissed us off, you didn't shoot anyone with it. Now, needless to say, we really did piss each other off a lot, so we shot each other a lot with a BB gun, knowing it wouldn't really kill us, because we were always shooting f***ing cheeks. But hey, you know, <laughs> those damn things hurt, dude. <laughs> they really hurt. Um, these kids today, ooh, peoples, ooh, the welts. Get a BB lodged under your skin. Tell me how bad that doesn't hurt when he gets infected. Anyway, <laughs> we wouldn't tell our parents. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I remember going to my science teacher in middle school, and I was like, "Hey, so I have this injury, and it's kind of bubbly and sensitive and green." He's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds infected." <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, what do I do to fix that?" <laughs> He's all amputation. I'm like, "Well, it's on my cheek." He goes, "What happened?" I said. I got shot with a BB gun. <laughs> Why? Well, because I shot him with a BB gun at his. <laughs> you know, different times. But then again, BB guns. Once I was holding a 30 30 lever action, you can bet your that thing was pointed at the ground constantly. And I held on to it like grim death. I mean, I was holding on to that thing like my life depended on it. Because I didn't know if it was going to go off if I dropped it or what happened. Because I was learning. And sure enough, I was taught how to fire a shotgun and a 30-30 lever action. And then a 38 special revolver. 
And I never forgot that. The actual power behind a gun. And my uncle looking at me dead in the eye and telling me, that will kill somebody. Every time. Guess what we didn't play with? Real guns. You know what we did do? We went and bought squirt guns like crazy and played with those all day long. So I personally believe that the parents need to be responsible for it. That is causing a decline in young members of society knowing how to use a firearm. But if you're going to buy one, you should have to go through a class that teaches you how to properly use it. The instructor, you should have to say, hey, okay, I want to buy this firearm. Are you a first-time firearm owner? Yes. Okay. We offer a free class. Come in, spend an hour or two with an instructor of ours, and he'll teach you how to use your firearm. I think that's a fantastic idea. Because that instructor will take you out there and you will use your new firearm at their gun range, which most gun stores today have a gun range attached at least in this state. And you can safely learn how to operate your weapon and get used to it before you leave the store with it. Now they know you know how to safely handle that firearm other than saying, yep, yeah, I'll sign off on this. He, he, he knows how to load it, and that's fine. He can load and unload it. That's all he needs to know. He did it once, he's good to go. But saying you did a three-hour class is a whole different story. And, you know, you should only have to do it once. Because once you own your first firearm, the second's just as easy. Especially with all the new laws they're coming out with. If someone handed me a modern-day AR, I'd have to sit there for a minute and go, all right, so where's the breakaway feature so I can change the magazine? You know what I mean? I'd have to figure all that out because I've never owned one. Yeah, even as someone who... All those ARs, there's some I've seen. I'm like, I got, there was one I was looking at an AR-10. So, you know, chambered in 308. And it had some weird, was really odd. Like it was, um, it was mag-locked. And still it was like five steps to drop the mag. And I'm like, well, why is it, why is it like that? Why not just have, you know, you just, you know, break the action and drop the mag. Like, oh, it's because it's set up to have like an ambidextrous for everything and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that's pointless. You're making something that the Democrats are already making complicated, even more complicated for no reason. Now, I have a friend of mine who owns an AR. It's all he owns. He owns one AR. Okay. He bought it for home defense because he doesn't know any better. He thinks that's a good idea for home defense. I told him just buy a handgun, but whatever. <laughs> he went out with me to go shooting. And I happened to take my Henry with me. It's lever action. It does not have a loading side gate. I handed him the rifle, and he looked at me real confused and goes, how do you load this thing? And I looked at him and went, what? He goes, how do you put bullets in it? The guy was completely unfamiliar with the fact of what it, completely unfamiliar with a tube feed. I had to explain to him, well, you see that tube underneath the barrel? He goes, yeah. You unscrew the top, and you take the thing out, and you put five rounds in there, and you slide it back in and tighten it back up. And now you got five shots. And he goes, I thought they all have a thing on the side where you just load them in. And I go, fancy ones do. The old ones didn't. That's a $400 more option. <laughs> and I said, I didn't opt for that. And he sat there, well, this is completely different from using anything I've ever shot before. And I said, well, are you ready for this? Because the next gun was the SKS, and I had to teach him how to load that with a stripper clip. So, Sean, we both own some very interesting firearms, wouldn't you say? You know, I would say we own some interesting ones, all right. 
in your collection of interesting firearms, or shall we say curios and relics, <laughs> what would you say is the hardest ammo for you to find? Now, before you answer, we both own Arasakas. They're Japanese rifles. The ammunition is virtually impossible to find. We are excluding those. 7.7 Jap and 6.5 Jap are off the table for this discussion. That is correct. Now, what is the next hardest ammunition for you to find? Part of me says you may agree with me on this one. I'm going to say 8 Mauser for one reason. There are two rounds that are 8 by 57 both are listed as Mauser rounds, but they are two completely, completely different rounds, and one of them will not load in a Car 98K. And unfortunately, there's no real clear-cut way to determine it because a lot of places will just see, oh, 8 by 57 that's 8 Mauser even though it's not. So it can make buying 8 Mauser kind of a coin flip on, hey, am I going to buy the right ammo, or is it going to be the wrong ammo? And it's one of those things that you have to know what to look for. Now, when you buy it online, that makes it even more difficult because now you have to know what the box looks like to know, okay, is this the correct ammo, or is this not the correct ammo? Am I just going to buy ammo that I can never use because it's used by some exotic hunting rifle? Now, are you just saying that to rub it in? Because you know, you know damn well. <laughs> I took my K98 out with me the last time I went out to the desert, and I bought a box of 8 mil, and I tried to put it in that thing. And we both looked at each other as I pulled there. Because you looked real confused when I went, it won't load. Like, not even by the slightest. And, you know, naturally I don't force it because it should be butter smooth. All right? It should just slide right in. I pulled this thing out and you looked at it and went, what the hell is that? And I went, what the hell is that? Not realizing what I just tried. And I tried to just load a single shot. Just to do the test fire for that rifle. And now I'm stuck with a box of ammo I can't use. <laughs> so that's not why I said it. I didn't say it to you know, <laughs> rub it in. I said it because when Second Amendment finally was fully converted into Turner's, God rest its soul, they had a grand, like a grand opening special i went with my roommates and they had eight mauser and i almost bought it and then i realized no wait that's the same round and i i said hey can i see that box of eight mauser like oh well, how many do you want i said no no no. i want to see the box and when they handed it to me i looked at it and i said no this isn't eight mauser this won't f this will not uh fit and a car 98k or you know any of the derivatives this is an 8 mauser and they swore up and down that oh no it's 8 mauser because it's 8 by 57 and i'm like no it's not and it got to this whole kind of like almost argument on it okay i just pulled it up on my other computer that I have here. And it's an eight millimeter JRS round. Yep. I now own a box of that and I can't get rid of it. Yeah. And likewise, I've looked online to buy ammo. And it's like, oh, eight Mauser and it's the eight millimeter JRS. So unfortunately, I guess 
they just produced a crap ton of it and released it everywhere. I don't know by mistake or just because uh, S&B decided to be I don't know. So now, unfortunately, trying to buy 8 Mauser, if you, you don't know exactly what you're looking for specifically, it's now very hard because you can get the wrong ammo and there's nothing you can do. You see, two things about this. One, that's the main reason I have a little display in a gun case of one of each round of the ammunition for each gun that I own. So I have an example. When I go in, I can grab the 8mm round from my display and go, look, this is what it's supposed to look like for my gun. That is the 8mm that I need. This is what you try to sell me. Does that look like that? No. Take it in the back and get rid of it. You need to relabel it because that's not going to work for this. And I've had my point proven by several different gun stores who agreed with me. Now, my second point, I got to disagree with you on that, uh, on that eight. If you don't recall, Sean, in the middle of a pandemic, I provided you with a plethora of eight millimeters. Now, whether you don't trust it, that's one thing. But in the middle of a pandemic, I did not have trouble finding eight millimeter for my Mauser. I bought them by the bandolier. <laughs> Which, if I recall, they also said those are the last bandoliers that they would probably ever get. <laughs> I bought five bandoliers, five bandoliers of 70 rounds each in stripper clips. And it was the coolest thing I think I could have done because I, I went, I went there and said, all right, give me every bandolier you have of that eight. And they looked at me and went, are you serious? You can't shoot this in any gun range. And I said, I know I'm not going to an indoor gun range with it. It's going out to the desert where I can shoot it safely. And I said, oh, well, then this ammunition's waiting for you. And they came out. There are so many people hurting for ammunition at this time. I mean, their shelves were barren for guns. People are in there begging for 9mm and 38 Special. And I come by and I just start throwing bandoliers of ammo over my shoulders. And what did I, I don't even remember what I paid for them. I think it was like 25 bucks each. I mean, dirt cheap. But then again, it's also some Turkish made ammo from the Middle East. <laughs> from like the 80s. Which we both kind of sat there and looked at them and went, I mean, would you trust putting this through your very expensive K98? No. But have I had a problem buying any since? Yeah. <laughs> but not the most difficult ammo I've come to find. My most difficult ammo to find, and I, I cannot stress this enough, do not buy hunting calibers in California. Do not purchase a gun in a hunting caliber in California. My beautiful Henry lever action is a 30-30. Now, some people say 30-30 is on the way out. I don't think it is. It's a great brush caliber and a great brush gun. Great for boar hunting and white-tailed deer hunting. However, both of those are for hunting. In the unfortunate state of California, the hunting laws have changed. And I believe it changed in 2018, before the pandemic happened. They said you can no longer hunt with lead ammunition in the state. For various reasons, some very agreeable, some not so agreeable because it was out in an outlandish lie. However, that means 
that hunting calibers were no longer being sent to California featuring lead ammunition. Now, that means that there was a pandemic that occurred and everyone bought everything under the sun, whether they needed it or not. And that happened to be 3030 because a lot of old farmers and a lot of old hunters rely heavily on 3030. Now, that means that the only ammo that was going to come in was ammo that was made by a manufacturer that did not use lead. And in a pandemic where they're trying to just hurry up and get nine and five, five, six and and two, two, three out as fast as possible for the masses, 3030 got pushed aside as a not very mandatory high priority round. This was 2020 when I, I, you know, when I realized I was looking at the last box of 3030 in my county area. I called every gun store after this. And the only thing I found was a $45 box of copper tip 30-30 rounds. And the worst part was it was only 10 rounds. It wasn't even 15 or 20. It was only 10. And that box sold the next day. So I went back to go get it and it was already gone. And I've yet to find 30-30 ammunition in this state. I have to have a friend of mine. I pay him to go to North Dakota when he goes to work. And he comes down with ammunition for me. Which, with my FFL, is perfectly legal. When he comes in, he goes, here, here's your 30-30. I pay him. He goes back up. I come back into the state. Everything's fine. I have to have my rounds delivered from North Dakota because there's none in California. None. I have found 7.7 Jap. I found 6.5 Jap. I found 8 millimeter. I've found every form of 7.62 that I need. I've found Makarov ammo and I've found 32. Uh, ACP, I found 25 ACP. I found 22 galore. I have found 30, you know, uh, 38 special, 357 mag, 40 Smith and Wesson. I can't for the life of me find 3030. And it kind of makes me sad that a simple law can prevent an entire breed of firearm from functioning in a state. So now California is slowly being overrun by boars. And you can look this up. Apparently it's very true. This has come from several hunting sources that go out with bows because now it's easier with a bow than it is with a rifle because it costs too much for the ammunition. Yeah, I had a couple of friends who wanted to go boar hunting, and um, they asked if I wanted to go along. I told them, like, dude, um, you can't use lead ammo. It's going to cost more in ammo than it would be worth. Yep. And that's the sad truth of what's going on here in California. Now, in other states, you can still hunt with lead and you're perfectly fine because you're not going to die from a pig being shot by lead as long as you pull the bullet out at some point and don't eat the damn thing. But they're talking about, oh, you can shoot it and maim it and all of a sudden it's going to have lead poisoning and die a miserable death. And I'm like, if you shot it and you've done any form of damage, other animals are going to eat it before it suffers and dies. <laughs> That's now a wounded pig. And guess what? It's on the menu. The coyotes alone turn that away. 
Yeah, but this is California. We put the lead warning on anything and everything because, yeah. Oh, dude, everything gives you cancer in a state. I got to tell you, there's a California warning for everything. And it's specific only to California. I remember my old cop <laughs> put up a cancer warning for having a garage and in an apartment complex. They're like there are certain chemicals and compounds in this garage section that may cause cancer. I'm like, what? Sunlight? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. Everything in California has a Prop 65 warning. Which does remind me, this this podcast has a Pop 65 warning. <laughs> you may be exposed to lead. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the California Curio Collecting Patriots. My name is Lord Jake. With me was my co-host. Not Lord Sean. We look forward to seeing you again in the future. Take care and be safe.